Welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday, the 4th of March, 2017. Let's start, as we always do, with writing progress. Dead of Night this week has reached about 41,500 words, actually. I always say it's 40,000 because I work in blocks of 5,000, but it creeps up because I always write over 5,000 rather than under 5,000 words. So it's 40,000 words, effectively. I did 5,029 words today, and I'm trying to be really tight with it now because I don't want it to run on. It's going to be about 52,000 by the looks of it, but I don't want it to run on to 55 or more than that. So I've really got to keep focused on this. So that's two more writing days, uh, and that doesn't mean consecutive days, two more writing days, which is two Fridays generally for me, two more writing days until draft one is completed. And I've got to bring this story in now. It always surprises me that it takes longer to write than I think it's going to. So I write notes down about what's going to happen next. And then actually it takes me slightly longer to write it. So I'm really going to have to keep a lid on this now and make sure that I get that done within the 52,000 words, which is what I'm aiming for. So this book will be finished on Friday, the 17th of March. I always qualify that by saying, unless I get hit by a bus, it'll be done by Friday, the 17th of March. And then it's a fast turnaround because I need to redraft it. My wife goes through it as I, as I do it. I always make her corrections first. Then I go through it, redraft it. Then it goes off to Helen Fasala, who does an excellent job. She's all over it, giving it a proofread, and she makes comments about plot and things like that. And so it always comes back very polished from Helen. Then I give it a final go-through, and then hopefully by that stage, we're good to go. So very uh, excited about that. It doesn't seem to have taken me very long to write this book. Um, You know, it's been eight weeks, it must be, if I'm at 40,000 words, but it really feels like um, I'm flying through it. And so far, again, always touch wood. I've had no plotting problems with this one at all. I have to say, I'm finding it really good. You know, the more books you write, the more of a feel you get for your process, I guess. And I'm finding it um, really good, this balance that I'm doing, where I, I always have a rough idea of where the story's going, but I don't want to overplan it because I, I like to have this emergence. I like to discover the story as I go through it. But what I am finding really, really effective is that I'm pl- I'm making a planning night before I write. So it's usually Thursday night. I sit down for an hour or so, and then I actually outline what's going to happen in the next day's chapters. And, and that's working really well for me. That level of planning is working really well for me. And also what I'm finding really effective He's just mulling it over uh, over the week, you know, trying to figure out the plot and think where it might go. And that's been very effective for me. Uh, and I, I really like that way of working. So I think I'm going to continue that uh, because it feels like it's a really good balance between plotting and pantsing. Um, I really feel like I'm achieving that now. And I'm not sort of launching out into the dark and hoping for the best, which is probably what I did when I started writing. I'm beginning to wake up a little bit earlier in the mornings now. It's getting lighter, which I'm very grateful for because I've had a real devil of a job dragging myself out of bed over winter. Um, I'm usually pretty good. I'm usually good at getting up early, but this winter I've been terrible. Um, I don't usually sleep in as much as that. So um, I'm really looking forward to the the mornings being lighter because hopefully I'll wake up a bit earlier. I can make an early start. But um, I have been waking up about 6.30, 6.20ish and you know had a 30 minutes before the radio comes on to just mull things over really and I think I'm settled on my next book I I generally have a lot of ideas going and then usually it's a scene or something 
that I think through and I think it suddenly makes me want to write the book. And I, I had an idea of a set scene in this new story, which has been floating around for a while. And it's funny, when I was trying to decide what I was going to write with Dead of Night, I had a lot of story ideas, but none of them, they were general ideas, but none of them quite gelled. I wasn't sure that I could write a book about them. But this is one of these other ideas that I really wasn't sure was going to be a book when I, I wrote it down. But actually, it's just been ticking away at the back of my mind. And it's probably going to be called Gated. That's all I'll tell you about it, my next thriller. It'll be a 50,000 word thriller called Gated. And I had the general idea, but I just came up with a, a really strong scene that I really want to write when I was just thinking things through in bed the other day. So I think that's going to be the one. And I start writing that book on Saturday, the 1st of April. Now, don't say it. I know it's April Fool's Day, but it's going to be April the, uh, the 1st that I start to write Gated, um, if, if that's the book that I do commit to. But I think I'm there now. I think I got enough ideas to make this one fly, enough intrigue, enough plot, you know, enough whodunits. And actually, if I remember rightly, I think I've half got this one planned out already. I'm, I'm sure I've got characters and things plotted out already in the, in the novel factory. So it, I won't have an awful lot to do to hit the ground running with this one. So I, I finish uh, first draft of Dead of Night on the 17th of March. And then I'm writing this new one on Saturday, the 1st of April. So I, I'm really just rattling them out at the moment. Um, this week, I've been, well, I've returned to The Forgotten Children. Now, you have to concentrate here. We need sort of subtitles or guide sheets with these podcast diaries because uh, those of you who follow the diary will know that last year I wrote three thrillers Don't Tell Meg, The Murder Place, and The Forgotten Children. And I'm releasing them all together uh, on March 23rd. I've committed to that date now. In fact, they're, they're all on pre order now on Amazon. So, the, I've already done Don't Tell Meg and I've done The Murder Place. They're all sitting on Amazon ready to go. But The Forgotten Children, I just needed to... I, I had all that... Do you remember I had all the work to do for the Alliance of Independent Authors? I'd got those videos and I needed to get those out of the way before I returned to The Forgotten Children. So I'm now going through The Forgotten Children. It's been through all the various drafts and, and Helen Fazal, my editor, has returned it to me uh, with her final read. So I'm just going through Helen's final comments now. Uh, making any changes that I want to. Uh, Helen just likes to give it a final read, so she always spots one or two last things, and then it's good to go. So The Forgotten Children has got to be ready for March 23rd now, because I've committed to myself, or I've committed myself to it. So um, I've been working through that this week, and I've got six chapters of it left to work through over this weekend. And it's pretty polished now. There's not an awful lot to change. It's really just little factual ticks and corrections uh, that I've got to go through, just little plot queries that Helen's done. There's nothing substantial in there at all now um, to change. So it is a fairly straightforward process. Um, so I'm going through that, Helen's final read with all the changes in, and then it will go into Vellum on Sunday and I will output the final version of that and then through next week I've then got to discover I've got to figure out how to make box sets on vellum and um, I, I spotted an article about it the other day uh, a guide from vellum about how to make box sets I thought oh great they tell you how to do that so I'll just work through that on Sunday and figure out how to do it so by the end of Sunday I hope that I will have all three books final versions on Amazon plus the box set versions that I've got on Amazon. So I should be good to go with those releases. Now, I've also got my author pages sorted out this week with all the blurbs and things on. I've settled for Paul J. Teague as my author name. I don't like using a pseudonym at all. I, just, I don't really, it really bothers me. And I don't know why it does because authors do this all the time. I just want my name on it. Uh, it must be a vanity thing. 
Um, but I've put Paul J. Teague on it because I need a separate author name. And, you know, I had a little bit of inspiration during the week and I thought I'm going to have one last try at getting P. Teague back to use for these thrillers. And I had a little punt. I, I contacted Amazon and I said to them, if I delist all these books, can I keep the author profile and just add the new books to it? You know, just and just delist the books, the nonfiction books that are currently on it. And I got a reply back from Amazon.co.uk and Amazon.com saying, you know, no, we don't do that. You know, even if the books are no longer available, um, we we keep the author page up. So my my best efforts are scuppered. Uh, you know, P. Teague has got to be non-fiction. So I've put Paul J. Teague on. That's where you'll find. Now, again, uh, if you've been listening to this diary, you'll know I've dithered awfully about this. And, and the, the bottom line is I, I want to use my name. That's what I want to use. And I don't have a middle name. So it's given me a real problem as an author. Now, I, I was going to go for R.P. Teague. And I had actually created author Amazon author pages for that. I've asked Amazon to take those down now. I'm not using them any longer. I kept my fingers crossed, relisted the books under Paul J. Teague, and they've let me have those. And I've got an author page for both of them as well, uh, you know, in, in the States and in the UK. So let me tell you my thinking with Paul J. Teague. I put R.P. Teague up, and then I thought, do you know what, Paul, that's not very clever. Because what I want people to do is go to... I want them to go to Amazon and I want to search them. I want them to search for Paul Teague. That's the search I want them to do. Now, if they do a search for Paul Teague, my Paul J. Teague books come up for that search. Now, clearly, if I put R.P. Teague in, then I wouldn't get that that search juice on Amazon. So Paul J. Teague, it doesn't really matter what that initial is. I could come up with initials till the cows come home. So long as we've got Paul Teague in there, then it comes up for the right search term. So I'm as I'm not happy with having to use Paul JT because that you know that person doesn't exist. It's just a thriller name, but that's how it is and it works. If you want to test it, it you know it might just help you if you if you ever have to use pseudonyms. But the search phrase, which is Paul Teague, works. It brings up my Paul Teague books, my Secret Bunker and my Grid books. It brings up my P Teague books and it brings up my Paul JT books. So I'll have to settle for that. And on my resources page for this week, I've just shown you an email or a series of emails I got from Amazon. I just wanted to remind you about this because I got caught out with it. I can't remember. I think it was with the grid I got caught out with it. When you put books on pre-order on Amazon, you most people think, oh, right, you know, it's going to be released on the 23rd of March. Or I've got to have it ready by the 23rd of March. But actually, Amazon wants it ready about three or four days before it's actually released to the public. They they have this little buffer built in to make sure they've got time to check and approve it. And I got caught out with this first time I did pre-releases because I hadn't realised that. And all of a sudden you think, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be ready in time. Now, if you if you don't hit the deadline, you're in trouble because Amazon will block you using pre-releases for a year. So I've just put a little note about that on the resources page for this week, just so that you're aware of it if you've never done uh, pre-orders before. But um, in terms of pre-orders, I've got all the individual books available. I've got books two and three together. So if you get book one in a promo, you can get books two and three at a cheaper price. And then I've got the whole trilogy in a, in, in a package as well. And I've priced everything so that whatever combination you buy the books in, you always get a discount. Now, uh, I will probably... I will probably make Don't Tell Meg available for free only for a Kindle promo. And in one week, I will probably put it for free and I'll probably have all sorts of traffic being sent to it. I'll try and list it all over the place just to try and get some traffic moving through books two and three. But really, my strategy is based around a dead of night coming out. You know, having a smaller, shorter book that I can maybe list at 99p and then reduce to 
0.20. And when I've got the third book out, I want to have a perma-free book that I can use as leads capture. So perma-free to 99p, then to full price for the Don't Tell Meg trilogy. That's what I'm aiming for with those books. Uh, I just want to have a different model because at the moment I have the grid one and the secret bunker one as perma-free and then you pay for the next two books. I just want to try a different model this time where I'm not giving away you know, a pretty good asset um, for free. So uh, lots of writing news for you there. Um, I've really enjoyed actually going through The Forgotten Children because I haven't touched it for several weeks. And it's always reassuring when you pick up a book and read it. And think, this is actually good. I can't believe I wrote this. So I'm feeling quite happy with The Forgotten Children. No great plot holes in it that I have to worry about. Just one or two little tweaks, little factual tweaks that Helen suggested that I make, you know, which she always picks up really well. But nothing difficult, nothing involving a rewrite, just a change of a sentence or something like that does it usually. Um, you know, uh, here's an example of something that I would have to change. I think in the book, I had the main character buying the train tickets and then I had um, his partner buying the tickets. I basically then bought the tickets twice. So I just removed one sentence about buying the tickets. But in, in, you know, in that sentence, I just have him looking at the prices. And then in the other sentence, she buys the tickets. So it's easily fixed. It's tiny little things like that. So nothing that involves a big rewrite. Um and the other thing this week, um, it always surprises me how much I've got done, actually, bearing in mind I'm working for somebody else three days a week. Um, I've sent Don't Tell Meg and The Murder Place to Frostbite Publishing, which I'm trying. They're going to format it for Create Space, and I'll, I'll send over The Forgotten Children on Sunday when I've done my final read of that. And um, I, you know, I've done formatting of my books in the past, and it's a pain in the butt as far as I can say. It's not work that I enjoy, and it's not productive time. Um, but I'm getting three books done for $260, which is, what, 100 and 80 pounds 190 pounds well that's worth it to me in terms of time and headache and what I'm hoping is these books are going to come back beautiful you know in a, in a way that I couldn't do them and all the headaches I had formatting my books are going to go and all I'm going to have to do is drop them into create space and I got some paperback so I'll report back on that and let you know how the formatting goes but that's what I'm hoping it happened it works like and then that's another job I'm going to start outsourcing because I, I want to stop doing the things you know that aren't productive time for me and start paying someone else to do it. And this is one of the joys, of course, of me working three days a week now. I don't have to be, I say, I don't have to be so careful with the money, but you know, I don't have to be so price sensitive. When I was completely self-employed before, you've always got to bear in mind that the work might dry up. So you've always got to keep some back. You can't sort of spend it all. Whereas now I've got more confidence that the bills are going to get paid. And so therefore the other stuff that I earn when I'm doing courses and things like that, I can plow straight back into writing expenses. So I am finding that working really well in actual fact, having that pressure taken off you know, this constant pressure to have to earn to keep a roof over everybody's head. So um, in general news, I have decided to renew this podcast in the in the existing format, so no changes at all, until uh, episode 75. So I, I tend to think of these things in seasons, and I work on a quarterly planning board. We're nearing the end of quarter one for this year, and I'm pretty well planned out for quarter two. I always share my planning boards on the notes, so when we get to the end of this month, you'll see what I achieved on last month's quarterly planning and what I've got planned for next month's next quarter. I should say the next quarter's planning. So um, I'm quite confident. The the you see the, the listens are going up. I'm getting actually a good number of listens now um, on the podcast. You know, I think astonishing. But enough for me to think, you know, what, you know, this is maybe building. I just need to, I need to hang on with this a little bit longer. And the other thing I've done is I've, um, I there's a gentleman called Colin Gray. I hope I've got his name right, and he's a Scotland-based podcaster. Now I love listening 
to Dave Jackson's School of Podcasting. Uh, brilliant, brilliant show. Dave's an excellent presenter. I've had some uh, coaching from him. I paid for some coaching for him, and he gave me some brilliant feedback on my podcast, some of which I put into practice. Um, other stuff, he's going to have to wait till quarter two between uh, April, May, June. I'm going to do that other work. Um, because I just haven't had time for it. But I'm going to put that into practice. But I've joined Colin Gray's sort of mastermind group, which is a UK-based mastermind group. And um, I'm, I'm kind of, I, like, I love masterminds. You know, I love to get together with like-minded people and talk shop. And um, so I've joined this mastermind group. I'm hoping, hoping that Colin will do some kind of event where I can meet UK podcasters. I can't really go traveling to all these US events at the moment, you know, for domestic reasons as much as anything. Um, so I'm looking for a good UK-based mastermind. So I'm hoping this is going to be the case. I've joined that for a year. To be honest with you, it wasn't very expensive at all, about £180 for a year. I get access to all the training. So I, I'm quite happy with that. He does uh, Q&A webinars. So that just suits me for a year. Uh, that's for the podcast. And um, what I'm hoping to do, I'd love to find something similar for self-publishing. And in fact, you know, I may end up getting together with a, you know, with a team of self-publishers and, and organising the thing myself in the end because... You know, I just really feel there's a need for a a quality UK-based self-publishing mastermind, not a writer's group. I don't want it to be a writer's group. I want it to be a group of self-publishers. And in his interview, Ron uh, Vital uh, put you know not knocked this nail right on the head. He expressed it beautifully. He said that he'd been as part of a writer's group, you know, a traditional writer's group, and he he articulated it beautifully. I thought because he said you know, why there was nothing in it for me was because these guys were looking to be traditionally published and marketing and promotion just wasn't on their radar at all. And it explained perfectly why I'd had that problem with Curtis Brown uh, when I did their course, not because there was anything wrong with the course, just because I'm a self-publisher and I need to be talking about marketing, social media, websites, as well as writing. It's not just writing and the hope that somebody will publish me. Um, so I, I'm, you know, really, I'm really, really receptive to a UK-based uh, mastermind group with self-publishers and as I say I may end up doing it myself if I can build a, a platform well enough uh, through the podcast if you are listening to this and you are a UK-based self-published author and you think that might be something you're interested in please drop me a line because um, you know it'd be great we only need a small team of us five to get the thing going and, and to meet somewhere central and uh, I just think there'd be a lot of value in that we don't have to meet any more than once a quarter uh, you know, somewhere in the middle of the country, I don't know, Manchester, Leeds, somewhere like that, Birmingham, somewhere that's fairly easy to get to on the intercity trains. But uh, let me know if that would be of interest to you. But I, I'm very keen on doing something like that, trying to get that going. Okay, so the podcast continues until at least episode 75. But to be honest with you, with the planning I've got in place now, you know, again, unless I get hit by a bus or something, very big changes, I think that um, it's, you know, we're fairly safe till episode 100, at least with that now into the new year. Um. Insta freebie, my giveaway begins on Monday the 6th of March and it runs through till Sunday the 12th. Um, I've now got all my contributors, so I have 39 individual contributors and I'm number 40, so there's 40 of us taking part in this. And I've used an incentive. I've done a couple of things I haven't seen other people do. I'm sure somebody's doing it somewhere, but I haven't seen anybody in the kind of Facebook groups that I'm doing. So I've just put a £20 Amazon voucher up for grabs for the best promoter. And I've got a, a promotions page. So I've, I've created promotional images for people that they can access and put on their website. And I've also created a leaderboard. Now, before I even got into writing, I was doing internet marketing. 
And I actually built up my email marketing list to 5,000 doing something called JV joint venture giveaways in internet marketing. And they're fairly similar to, to what we do on InstaFreebie in that people used to give away mainly PDF books about web stuff. It wasn't fiction. It was about web stuff. And um, we'd all promote it. We'd all build our lists. And it was extremely effective. And actually, they were monetized in ways that these InstaFreebie giveaways aren't. And it's been on my radar for a little while thinking, mm, I wonder if we could do what I used to do with internet marketing with InstaFreebie giveaways. So hence my interest in this as somebody who's organizing them. So you heard me saying last week that I've been part of one and it built my list brilliantly. This week I'm organizing one and we'll see how that goes. Um, so I, I've put a little incentive on there, £20 Amazon voucher. I've tried to make it as professional as possible. I want it to be a great experience for people. And I've looked at what other people are doing and tried to improve on that. And then uh, I'll tell you as soon as I've, all the results are in, I'll let you know whether it's worth it or not. But I'm I'm thinking this through. And I'm, I'm I'm really quite interested in this. I'm thinking of creating a training product, just a very simple one, just a short one that would be maybe you know ten dollars, ten quid, twenty dollars, something like that, showing people how to organise your own Insta freebie giveaway. And what I'm trying to think through at the moment is how how can I show people who don't know how to use WordPress, for instance, how can I do this in a way that would allow it would facilitate it for people who aren't techie. So I'm, I'm just mulling that one over at the moment. And I'm thinking, mm, could it be something like WordPress multi-site or something like that? So I'm thinking it through at the moment and thinking there must be something in this because a lot of enthusiasm for Insta freebie giveaways at the moment. And because I have no trouble with the geek stuff, it's not a problem for me at all. I'm trying to think of a way that I can facilitate this for people who, who do have troubles with the geek stuff and then create a course maybe that explains how to do it. So that's in the pending tray at the moment. Um, a couple of issues I found with hosting a giveaway, um, and the main issues are that you know people sending me the wrong link for the, you know you ask them for information they send you the wrong stuff. Um, a couple of people listed multiple books, and it took me a little while to realise that because they'd used different email addresses and different author names, so that was a nuisance. I thought I'd got my giveaway filled up, and when I started to process it, I realised oh, it's a couple of people here who've listed. One had listed three times, the other had listed twice. So I then had to fill those spots thinking I'd already filled the giveaway. So that was a bit uh, annoying. And and the other thing that's a a bit of a pain is people using so many different blooming names. You know, they've got their real name, they've got maybe two author names, and it's really hard to figure out, you know, who's who. So, uh, you know, the lesson learned, and this is why I wanted to run one, the lesson learned is, is that I probably need to have a field for your real name. Your real name the name that you write under, so that I can identify those issues very, very quickly. Um, I have been like a real evil internet marketer with my giveaway, in that I've put tracking codes on for Facebook, for Google, and for Twitter. I'm also aiming to build my list with it. So I've put a, um, if you go to the page, it's on the resources, if you take a look at it, if you pause for, I think it's 20 seconds I've got it set for, if you pause for 20 seconds, you'll see that a little drop-down strip, a little ribbon, as they call them, pops down at the top of the page. Uh, that's done with uh, Thrive Themes, Thrive Leads, it's called. It's a little plugin that I've paid for. Um, and if you go to exit the page before the 20 seconds are up, it pops up anyway. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to build my list with it. I want to see how many people I get on the list for future events it makes sense to build a list because if people like sci-fi and dystopian fiction when I hold future giveaways it means I got a list ready to send out to um so I'm, do- I'm doing all the evil internet marketing things I've got a promo for my podcast on the resources page for the contributors because the contributors are self-published authors so it makes sense for me to cross-fertilize I've also promoted my 
um, self-publishing academy course again to the authors because they are my my audience so I've really done a number on you know turning this into a commercial venture and I'll let you know how it goes you know it might just die death or it might go really well but uh, like everything you've got to try it to find out uh, next week I am attending and I'm really looking forward to this I'm attending a local event called crime and publishment it's in Gretna which is just up the motorway from me uh, this is next Friday, and it's really, it's just really good, you know, to, to be attending something in the north where, where it's just a 20 minute drive away. Um, you know, London Book Festival is, is it next week or whatever it is? It's very soon, isn't it? It's imminent. And, um, you know, when I, when I look at that, um, the trains and the hotels, it costs me a blooming fortune. So I, I have to be really sure that I'm going to get something out of it to justify going down there so I'm not going to the London Book Festival this year I have been in the past and frankly I'll be honest with you it was a waste of time I thought um you know a couple of interesting things happened there but largely unless somebody's organizing something that we that we can meet around there's not an awful lot of points so um you know because it's so far to travel I have to, I, I do what I call batching when I go down to London and and by batching I mean I need to have a lot of things on when I go down to London a lot of meetings with people I need to set a lot up to justify me the expense that's involved in me going down there uh, overnight so um, I'm up for a a trip to London there's a couple of people I want to be meeting down there in London but I haven't quite found the pressing reason to go down just yet so um, so that's a long way of telling you that I'm just nipping 20 minutes up the motorway to Gretna next week for an all-day crime writing event and I'm really looking forward to it I'm delighted that it's on my doorstep it makes such a change I had some late breaking news from last week. I think this came in after I'd recorded the diary. Um, I, I went in for a load of competitions. I forget what I've done, to be honest with you, but I went in for a load of competitions. This must have been last year that I went in for this, or, or it must have been at the beginning of this year, but before I decided to stop going in for as many competitions as I have been going in for. And um, I've been shortlisted in the Wishing Shelf Awards for, for the Books for Teenagers section. So I find out, I think it's April, April 1st, I think it is, that I find out whether I've got anywhere. Um, but I'm really pleased to have been shortlisted for that award. I, I spotted it last year. I put the secret bunker in, and the secret bunker uh, didn't have any joy. Um, and the grid, uh, you know, is, is in the shortlist, which is fantastic. And, and why, why I'd like to be a placed in this, why I would value that, is it because it's not a popularity vote. It's not one of these beauty contests where you know you get your friends to vote, and the one with the most votes wins um, Edward Treyer who runs this award who set this award up he was one of my guests on the podcast so listen to his episode if you want to find out more Edward Treyer uh, in the episode the 30s I think his, his episode was and um, it, it, the books actually go out to youngsters it's youngsters who read them Edward's got amazing connections with schools so it's actually young people you know people who are qualified to talk about books with teenagers who actually do the judging um, you know so I my criteria for entering competitions from now on is good to be, you know, they need to have be put through some form of formal scrutiny. You know, not a beauty contest where the person with the most friends wins. I don't want to take part in competitions like that anymore because they're, they're pointless. They just build somebody else's list as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, I want them to go undergo some form of scrutiny so that if you get a win, um, you know, you can feel that it's some form of validation of the writing um, that you've done and it's something you can show off. Now, I've, I think I've had three... I think I had three wins or shortlists or whatever it was. I can't, I, you know, I forget. I think I've been, uh, what, what do they call them? Better than an also ran. I've forgotten what it is. Anyhow, but, but whatever the phrase is they use. I've had three of those so far. And, um, you know, it would be nice to get a gold, silver 
or bronze with this because th these are rewards that I value. So fingers crossed for that. We'll see how it goes. The funny thing is about the grid uh, and the secret bunker is that those were written essentially. I say they were written as young adult books. I, I enjoy reading young adult books. So I love The Maze Runner. I love Divergent. You know, I loved um, Hunger Games, which are in theory young adult books, but actually they're crossover because adults can read them. So I, I wrote them because they're the kind of books that I like to read, but I never really had any serious intention of marketing them to young adults because I haven't got a clue where to start. I'm not patient enough to go into schools you know, and, to, and do the young adult thing. So I kind of wrote them because it's what I like reading. And I think they've been pretty well exclusively read by, by adults, to be honest with you. I don't think they're read by young adults. So it's been really interesting that this has actually gone to young adults and young adults have put this on a shortlist. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, very sort of interesting situation to be in there. That's it for my writing news. We've been running almost half an hour. I can't believe I've done so much uh, this week, which is which is great. It's one of the benefits of doing this diary that when you think we haven't made any progress and I, I read the list through, it's actually quite nice to find that actually I have got something done this week because it doesn't always feel like I am being productive. Um, my guest on Monday, episode 53, Monday 6th of March, is Wendy Scott. And actually, fortuitously, um, Wendy, who's a fantasy and children's author, Wendy has previously won a gold medal at the Wishing Shelf Book Awards. Oh, gold medal. How nice would that be? Um, and Wendy messaged me when I posted to say, oh, I've, I've been shortlisted for this year's um, Wishing Shelf Awards. They have lots of categories, by the way. She messaged me to say, oh, I've, I've been shortlisted. She's a nominee again in this year's award. So Wendy is a former gold medal winner in the Wishing Shelf Awards and she's another um, nominee alongside me and lots of others. I can't remember what category Wendy's in. So if you want to find out how she got that gold medal, what she had to do to, to win it, and you'd like to find out about writing fantasy and sort of children's fiction, uh, Wendy's my second New Zealand guest on the show and that's coming up in episode number 53, March the 6th, that's next Monday. And I will be back with you for another diary and hopefully I'll be telling you I've reached 45,000 words in my latest book, Dead of Night. Have a great week of writing. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.